to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. We're your source for conversations on arts and culture. Today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with a New Orleans-based mixed-media painter on a mission to repurpose local canvases, paint, and frames to create unique pieces evocative of the city's vibrant music and emotions. Please welcome Allison Lowry. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me, Rob. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to kind of delve into uh, into your questions. Yeah, absolutely. This is um, this is totally a treat. It's, you know, I, New Orleans is a second home for me, as I've mentioned earlier. And uh, so it's always uh, great to chat and learn more about uh, folks that are in the scene down there. I love that. I love that. Well, yeah, I definitely, uh, there's a lot of similarities like we were talking about between Baltimore and New Orleans. So hopefully, you know, your people from Baltimore listening to this will really, if they've never been to New Orleans, they'll catch some similarities. I'll be excited to see like, you know, what they'll put together. Yeah, totally. Totally. So again, thank you for being on the podcast. And before we get too, too deep into it, um, let's, let's talk about growing up and some of those early art experiences. Let's, um, you know, because I think some of those some of those examples maybe growing up are formative to maybe how we view art or like most of what comes out of my mouth is a pop culture reference. Uh, and it comes from me watching way too many action movies when I was a kid. That's that's part of me. That's uh, so I think that might have some impact on people's work. So tell me about growing up, and if you could um, insert your first art experience. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, my first ever art experience, actually, um, oh, ironically. It had to do with math. Um, oh. I was not very good at math. Um, hopefully, I, were you good at math or no? I was. Oh, damn. Oh, man. So I'm talking to some. Okay. You're <laughs> one of those people. You're like going to judge me for. <laughs> no, I don't judge. I don't judge. Okay, I'm, a, I'm right. a data analyst in my day job. So it's just. Oh, man. You could have warned me about this. All right. Okay. Well, I definitely was not good at math. I, I was not you at all. Um, so my mom, she had to, uh, we were living in, uh, in France at the time when I was younger, I, I lived there until I was about 10 or 11. And, um, my mom decided, you know, I'm going to get you a tutor, help you with math. So I was fortunate enough to, uh, to have that opportunity. So what I decided to do, um, you know, was work really hard, get great at math. And this lady was phenomenal. She was so kind, so sweet. But her primary job throughout the day was an artist and she would paint these gorgeous works. And every time I would I would go to her house to get tutored because her side gig was tutoring. I would just I would just be in awe at all of her work. And um, and, you know, she was kind of like, man, I was like, I want to be like you. Yeah. Um, so if we were able to finish early with her tutoring I say that like you know finish early yeah. uh she was like you know I will I'll teach you how to paint you know and just don't tell your mom but you know because I'm supposed to be tutoring you but if you do finish early I'll teach you how to paint so for a year every day we would you know finish early wink <laughs> wink and she would teach me uh, how to paint and I, that was my first time like feeling acrylics and like the the texture of the canvas it, it was my first time ever exposed to art so i would uh i would have to say that was that was it for me i was sold at that point so that was like my first major exposure to art was through my uh my math tutor <laughs> that's that's really cool to um 
go in there and have this this notion of here's your carrot, you know, <laughs> yeah, hurry up, do your math, and then okay, you got that right, two plus two, whatever, and here's your table, and now it's like, all right, here's the canvas. <laughs> oh, totally, totally, and uh, and you know, I think you know, math is great, but if if you're like me and don't have a career using any mathematics at all. You know, the art probably benefited me more, her teaching me than the the tutoring of math. So, I mean, it really is, I guess, how you look at it. But I'm thankful uh, that, she, I mean, she she was such an influence in my life. So I'm just thankful she was able to 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 help me out with art as well as, you know, I guess at the time with math. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, hey, no problem. No problem. I just, uh, not many people know that. So I'm so, I'm uh, happy you asked that. No one ever asked, like, well, how did you get your start? You know, yeah. they always see where you're at, but not like where you started. So that's pretty cool. And, that, and that's one of the things we, we I try to do on this podcast is get down to like, what's at the bottom of it? Like what's baked into the art, what sort of experiences and, you know, what parts of culture and so on. And in reading, you know, the the bio and all and seeing that, you know, there is a kind of like a, a repurposing element to your work. There mm-hmm. is hitting on like what's going on in the city in terms of the emotion of the city, the music, the culture of the city. So tell us more about your work and like some of the ideas that you're working to express within that work. Ooh, um, oh, that's a big question. I think <laughs> I think, so my work normally uh, focuses on the female form and human expression. Um, I try to use as little brushes as possible. So mainly my hands and fingernails for detailing in my artwork. So that's something that, again, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that there's not a lot of brush activity going on. And really the the main, um, I guess, with working with my hands and kind of like building these emotions on canvas, I think I really want to express, I guess, human emotion and it's like rawest form, you know? Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. I I can see that. And and I, I, it just, it's funny. Like I just added a question to the rapid fire, which I think is going to be really funny. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Oh, I should I be scared? <laughs> yes, actually. Um, oh no! So, you know, as because uh, we, we touched a little on it a little bit, you're you're originally from from Pittsburgh, right? And uh-huh. you know, so New Orleans transplant. So, as as a person that's moved in to to the city, one, how long have you been down there? And two, could you um, describe that energy and that vibrancy that's there? Oh, totally. So. Actually, that's a great question because me moving to New Orleans, I moved down here in 2018. Um, I've now I went to college down here and graduated, uh, but I moved away as soon as I graduated. Then again, like most people do, found myself right back in New Orleans. <laughs> uh, like I said, 2018, 2019, and the gosh, I mean the. Feeling, I I know you said you've been before. I know your birthdays have been filled with New Orleans fun, so you'll understand this completely. <laughs> uh, but for those who have not been, it's I mean it's just filled with with music, with uh, culture, with food, uh, with excitement, with art, and and with I guess energy. You know, energy just spews out of every corner of the city. Yeah. 
And, uh, and it's something that I, I really try to capture in the work that I do. So in a lot of stuff that you see me do, it's full of color, it's full of emotion, it's full of like, and good and bad emotion. Sure. It's, it's just your heart and soul on a canvas. Um, so I would say the, when you see my work, it's very similar to the energy of the city. You know, it's, it's hectic, it's crazy, it's colorful. <laughs> Frenetic. It's, yes, exactly. It's, it's everything all in one. So I would say that's just a little taste of New Orleans and you can definitely see that radiating from anything I do. Yeah, it's um, there are certain places I feel like within Baltimore, I make a, a walking practice part of what I do, keeping a notepad on me just to see when ideas hit me. And when I go down there, it's it's always something I'm leaving with. But now recognizing that that's a thing that I do, I think most travel, I get that. But definitely if if that was and, and, and maybe I'm it's a little idolatry here, but that is like my creative Mecca. You know what I mean? Like I go down there, I need to, cause it's this juxtaposition. You got like mm-hmm. saints and sinners, literally. <laughs> and, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this, this duality that I feel like I have. So mm-hmm. it definitely relates. And it's like, I can go here to a church and then I can go gambling, you know, <laughs> and, and it, and it's great. And then you encounter just people who are, who are great down and who have an interesting story. And you're like, man, I just want to be embedded in this in a deeper way because I feel like I'm being influenced. I feel like I'm, I'm getting like just different stories and different ways of looking at things. And you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a series of interviews coming up sooner or later. That's down I, there. See that it. is fascinating, Rob. That is absolutely fascinating. I am blown away that you like your influence of even like bringing the like your all of your creative creative ideas that you've gathered from New Orleans and bringing them to Baltimore for your podcast. That's insane. And I can almost tell, too, because when we talk, you're very uh like you're very open and you're very like, uh, I don't know, you draw people in and you're, you're just, you have an open air about you. And I'm not saying that people in the Northeast do not have that, <laughs> but I will say you, you definitely, uh, your curiosity is a very new Orleans thing. And I like that. Well, thank you. Um, I, I want to know this. This is this is a little bit of an odd question, um, but but I think it's still a, an interesting one, and it, it's a nice segue from what I was just touching on. Tell me about any uncommon sources of inspiration, because we always hear about who are your influences, and people mm-hmm. say you know painters or this or that. I'm really interested in when someone is like, um, like someone maybe a guitarist, and it's like I like Tarantino. He makes me a better guitarist somehow, and I'm like, explain. So that's that's what I'm what I'm looking for. Some of those like uncommon sources of inspiration or or, or, or things of that sort. Oh wow! Well, uh, I definitely have some uncommon sources of inspiration. I uh, so I I like uh, bone collecting. Huh? And yeah. <laughs> no. Where's Denzel at? So <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of collecting like bones and uh yeah and animal bones by that I mean and uh like old oddities and tarot cards and and things that that have so much history behind them and what gives me inspiration is even like the back of like um oh my gosh I went to Aruba recently 
And I bought this like old, early 1900s tarot card deck. And the art on on each of, you know, whether you believe it or not, like that's each his own. But the art on each of the cards was so stunning. So it's it's things like that that truly give me inspiration. I try not to look up to people um, more than just, you know, stuff that people have done or creations or or oddities or just strange things that, you know, people might overlook. But yeah. definitely, you know, oddities, obscurities and animal bones give me all of my my inspiration. <laughs> I know, you know, I'm sure you didn't see that one coming, but from this like tiny blonde girl. But, you know, I you'd be you'd be surprised. I know people surprise you. They do. There, there's a place that uh, up here in Baltimore, um, when you come and visit, I'll have to show you. It's uh, and, they've, and they've been on here. So you have a chance to go through the whole uh, the animals of the podcast and you'll see um, an interview with um, one of the owners of Bazaar. And that's literally they have they have old funerary items, uh, oh, animal bones. Oh, my God. And like medical great. stuff, I'm yes. sure. Oh, and they have a shop in Baltimore? Yes. The Bazaar, you said. Yeah, it's just called Bazaar Baltimore. Bazaar, ba- oh, don't eat. I will fly up next, <laughs> next met, weekend and go. That is my jam. I, ma- I, made, fun my of, jam. I made fun of the, uh, the, the one of the owners, this dude named uh, Greg, uh, Greg Hatem. And I made fun of I was like, look, I know I'm going to come to your shop one day. Just, I don't want to be taxidermied. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. I was like, I'm a big guy. I just want to let you know it's going to be. I mean, you're going to work for your food, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll get the giant, the six four, uh, the six four giant of a man. For, it's just a I'm golem. You, they, there's some weird shit in those places. Like yes. it's totally a place for inspiration, though. Totally, highly recommend. Yeah, you could just make like a backstory of now. Suddenly, you're you're doing something <laughs> from like like the Hellboy comics or what have you. Oh, absolutely. Definitely want deep cuts there. <laughs> So I, I read that every piece of your work is upside, upcycled and one of a kind, so unique. Why, why was this kind of being upcycled and, and, and maybe bringing life into something that otherwise people thought was done important for you? Wow. Uh, I, I think that my primary goal in, uh, in using upcycled things is... I mean, it's the fact we live in a very like throwaway culture, you know, it's like, okay, well, even in dating, you know, you're done with your relationship and in five years, like swipe, (laughs) swipe right and move on to that, you know, it's fair. And I'm not saying that's not warranted sometimes, but it's also just a, a quick, instant gratification, throwaway culture, um, use an item once, throw it out, throw it in the garbage, who cares? Um, you know, a new car, uh, when yours is not the newest thing, five years, throw it away, get another one. So it, to me, that idea has always been a little bit sad to me. And I've wanted to take things that might be trash, might be thrown away, might be in a dumpster and make it last longer, give it new life, breathe new life into it. Um, take something that, you know, someone overlooked, um, and breathe new life into it. And, you know, and I'm a very like, I'm a pro underdog, you know, I was like super bullied in high school. Like, you know, I, I'm sure we all have experiences with that 
And that's another thing that kind of got me like really inspired into breathing new life into something that maybe people didn't see value in. Um, so for me personally, I just, I like to see things that, and imagine like, what can I create out of this to, to make it more confident, to sparkle it up, to have it stand out and like have people really see like, this is what was beneath what you were trying to throw away, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a neat thing that I'm, I'm just super passionate about, super, super passionate about. I dig that. I, I I love that. I I hear you know, and I think that that notion you mentioned earlier, it's been such an idea that's embedded in our culture that you know throw away something when you're done. And it's interesting this this notion where it's gone from the tangible the the things to the people what have you. You can't really throw away people. And you know, I I've had friends. It's like, why are they still friends with you? Or why are you still? It's like you can't throw away people. Your friends are your friends. And you may spend less time with them, but mm-hmm. you you don't just throw away people. That's a, a trait that I think is very odd and dehumanizing. You, you don't have to invest, yeah. but this notion of actively, yeah, I'm done with you and I need to know, you need to know that you trash. I, I, right. I, don't, I don't really like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't like that either. And I feel like, you know, and obviously not everyone feels this way. Not everyone's like that, but. I find more often than not, like, especially in, I mean, my age group, I mean, I'm 30 and I'm seeing so many people, you know, of course you see on Instagram, the passive aggressive, like if they're not for you, be done with them, cut them off, you know, you know, all those petty little passive things, but it's true. People, you know, cut people off for whatever reason and, and throw away people, discard them like they would their items, one and done. And yeah. uh, if it doesn't serve you, you know, and I get it, if it doesn't serve you, maybe it isn't for you. But a lot of times, you know, it, it's a two way street and you should try to work on, you know, the relationship, if it's a friendship or what have you, uh, and grow with it instead of tossing it in the garbage that's my my personal thought yeah and, and to expound upon it i think you know if you look at art whereas like art it's it's one of those things where it's not meant it's meant to be maybe passed down it's meant to be handed off so for something like a canvas a paint whatever to just be like yeah i'm done with this now it's like you can get more more use out of this you can do this in a different way i had a um at a class i was in this week and it, we were talking about and, and this, this wouldn't surprise you. I was probably the most creative person in the in the course. But uh, we, we were talking about this this example of we had like three minutes to come up with maybe twenty ways to repurpose a key card, like one of those things you get from. Like, oh, that's hotel. incredible! That's and incredible. I was like, you can use it as a ruler. You can make a guitar pick out of it. You can yeah. use it as a bookmark. I'm just going down this list. Yeah. And the people who are in this group with me, we're all in the same kind of sort of like like role. And they're like, you're really creative you're just thinking really outside of the box i was like you didn't say anything about changing the form i was like always change right. the form always find ways to give this thing second life or as they say with uh, the madonnas or whatever the worlds that you mentioned blonde you know here's a uh, second second act third act fourth mm-hmm. act. i i love that and i love that you well again even with with what you've accomplished with your podcast and and how creative you are in bringing out things that no one has even asked about people before, you know, that shows that you're able to take ordinary, what might look ordinary and, and 
put together a million different ways to use it. I mean, that's, yeah, that's part of your creativity. And I think it's beautiful. I wish more people tried or wanted to try to do that, but you know, it's not for everybody. It's, it's all for me. And as long as I get paid off of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the most important thing, right? Oh, you know, oh, the, the money, money. totally. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, I'm here to make friends. I'm here to make friends. That's all it is at the end of the day. So, so this one is, is a, is a weighty one. Um, but, but it might, you might, but some, but you may surprise me because the people are surprised me. I've asked this question. What is originality? Ooh, um, <clears throat> so that, that is a loaded one. That's a tough one. I, yeah. I think, okay. So whew, for me, I mean, originality is unapologetically embracing your own thought process, um, and creating an idea based off of like who you are, your unique experiences. And I mean, in the way you think, which everyone has their own story, right? Mm-hmm. So not every two people can have the same, you know, product of that originality. Um, I don't know what the product will be, but to me, originality is, yeah, it, it comes from you. It comes from your experiences in its final form. Who knows? Like it's, it's crazy when, when I was studying in college, um, we were learning about like the most successful leaders of our generation. <clears throat> and Uh, Of course, Steve Jobs was on there. And I mean, you know, people go back and forth with what they think about the guy. That's not what I'm trying to do here, but it's an example. So like Steve Jobs, when he was in college, he took like this calligraphy course and he was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, certain, um, certain texts and fonts and styles he was like super drawn to. And that actually inspired him later on to create the Macintosh, the first, you know, Macintosh. So, so even in his creations, his experiences built what he made, you know? So it's, it's these little things. Um, I mean, it's, and it's like with you as well. I mean, if, you know, you travel to new Orleans, you take things with you, you like everything that you do in your podcast has a touch of Rob. And so, you know, this end product, your podcast, it's still growing, but it's a it's originality in its finest form, in my opinion. So I think it's so whether that be art, the Macintosh, this, whatever you want to say, I think that is the construct of originality, you know, so it's a tough that's a tough loaded question. But I definitely think uh and yeah, yeah, I mean, those who say, okay, like there's no more original ideas anymore or whatever. I do not agree with that whatsoever. I think that every single person has a unique experience, has a unique thought process. No two people are the same. Right. So even if you produce the same product, whether it be, okay, two people have a podcast, they're not going to be this. It's not going to be the same podcast. It's going to be right. completely different and mm-hmm. sprinkled with touches of them and all over it. So, and it's the same with art and same with anything else. So maybe an unpopular opinion, but that's how I feel. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think, I think about food, you know, in that regard. Mm. And I think about like, and it, it kind of bugs me out sometimes, but I think about the process of like making, let's say, um, I got two making like mozzarella 
because it takes from the oils from the person's like hands. I think that's the thing. And it's like, I don't know, guys. But and then and then you have the other side of it where when you have non, right? Like Mm -hmm. you 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 have like Indian non, and then you have like non-Indian non. And I've Mm -hmm. had non-Indian non, and I was like, nah, I don't don't think I'm here for it. And the the bread is different. The whole thing is different. And I'm not able to say this is not non versus that's non. It's just like these are different interpretations, whether it's regional, whether it's cultural ingredients, whatever. But those are different things that that are baked in that ultimately and because it's bread baked in, but ultimately that, um, you know, make it its own thing. And I, and I think it's originality. I think it's it's almost gentleman, gentlemanly theft. You know, like we we steal from the people that we dig and we try to do our versions of what they do. And then eventually yeah. we make our own version and someone steals from us. Totally. I I would say that I, I would say I disagree with the stealing terminology because sure. it's so I mean, I guess as an artist, I, I feel like, OK, everything I do the easiest way to say is like, okay, I steal parts from different people. And I get that aspect, but I really think it's taking something that someone else has done and adding your own twist to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like what you said with food, which I love that example. That is a bomb ass example. It's like, you know, you create a dish in a certain culture and yeah, it may be the same thing somewhere else, but it's, it does not taste the same. And it has like a, you know, that own personal touch from everything that came before it, you yeah. know, that, that birthed what it is today. So, um, Oh God, that was so disgusting as far as non birthed. I don't like that, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I like, do. And yeah. I, I'll throw I'll throw this out to you before I get to the the next question I have. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. love this because it relates to something I mentioned off mic, and it relates to New Orleans. Um, I just remember having like shrimp and grits up here at a place, and I was like, I don't like this interpretation of these shrimp and grits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Why are they grilled? What is the sauce? I was like, Who? who what is this? And I just remember just like trying not to lose it. I was like, I'm going to finish this out of respect, oh, but I like also. That. Okay. I'm going to write a disrespectful note on the check and I'm going to tip well as well. Just like, this is not done this way. That, that was the note. That was the note. Was, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know. respect it. I respect it. And if you're, you know, if, if, if you're passionate about your shrimp and grits, there's a certain way you like it. Just like with art too. Let me just tell you, there's people that will not like your style. They will not like what you do. And they are, they like their own stuff. And you know what? I respect that. You know what you like. And if shrimp and grits, in a certain way is what you like. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. I don't 100%, blame you. 100%. <laughs> so I, I like to, I hang out with artists and I think I was telling you earlier a little bit about like, <laughs> I, I tend to be friends with chefs and chefs and photographers are kind of my, my jam. What type of artists do you find yourself hanging out with? Who are like the best types of artists or creators to hang out with? And, and, and why do you consider them the best? Oh man, chefs is a really good one. I, I respect that. Not only because of the food you might be able to get <laughs> when you hang out with them, yeah. but um, for many other reasons. I think for me personally, uh, writers 100% hands down. And I say that because, you know, they have a way of observing the world and listening to mm-hmm. everything around them more than talking. And, and I love that aspect to them. And, and, you know, they, they paint these beautiful pictures with words. 
I mean, it makes for a phenomenal night of conversation, um, a phenomenal relationship where you have like constant communication and like effective communication with someone. Um, and yeah, most of my friendships are with writers. I would have to say it's like, you know, just, just the way that they see the world and the way that they observe the world. It's so impressive to me. Uh, one of my best friends, she's actually, she's a writer in Philadelphia and yeah, in Philly. Um, but she's, she's, she's awesome. She's a newspaper writer and an editor and, uh, she writes poetry on the side. And I'll say she's one of the most, um, encouraging and just kind knows what to say and knows how to effectively communicate especially mm-hmm. through like text and you because know, we don't live by each other I live in New Orleans she lives in Philly so her ability to encourage and be a good friend from a distance it's amazing you know you can tell she's a professional writer yeah. like it just makes sense but but I would say hands down writers but but you did get me on chefs that's <laughs> a good one too because I mean hey you got the food in there too mm-hmm. I mean Let's Can't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, photographers are up there for me as well. And then I think, in a similar way to how you describe like writers, I think, like, I do a movie review podcast outside of this. And um, I've had on several people who are photographers and okay. just getting their insight on what did you see in this movie? And it's like, well, I'm looking at it from this perspective. And it's like, oh, it's a really interesting conversation. And we can get deep into the weeds in that sort of way. And I would imagine the same thing applies for like writers in that way. So like maybe writers and photographers need to hang out a bit more. Maybe that's what we're kind of getting here. I think so. I think that would make a incredible duo right there. Uh, And it's interesting. You said photographers, because especially if you're like reviewing movies or, or anything that's captured in a moment, I mean, they could probably go back and take by take you know, tell you what they're interpreting and it gives you a whole new light. It's like they're giving you goggles to see the world in colors like you've never seen, you know? So I, I would say that that's pretty awesome. Unfortunately, you're going to have to give me the contact to your photographer (laughs) friends because I don't have many. So send them my way because that would be super inspiring. (laughs) So here's, here's the last real question before I get to those great rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Um, Outside of your art, what are your interests and what are you doing in your spare time? Ooh, um, I mean, we kind of delved into it. Uh, I do like antique shopping and not, not to sound like a grandma, but I do like, you know, some good antiques. I like oddities. I like strange things. I like, um, history. Mm-hmm. I often go to like estate sales and get like, um, I get old notes that people wrote to each other back in the day. Uh, I am super fascinated with old books that have um, uh, writing in them on like the 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 second cover saying yeah. like, oh, happy birthday, Jimmy, or this is to my dearest whoever. I love that. I will collect old books and read them, read the letters on them all day because yeah. it, it helps me like really get those gears going like, OK, well, where where did that come from? Like, what's the story behind that? You yeah. know? So it, uh, you can catch me doing that all day. I know it's super nerdy. I even yeah. thought like, maybe I should lie and come up with like a way cooler answer. <laughs> Be like, Oh yeah. I like diving, like deep sea diving <laughs> and all this. 
but no, that's really, that's, that's probably what she'd catch me doing like on my spare time. <laughs> and, it, and it's on brand too. It's that kind of like repurposing things like these, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'll share this before I get to these rapid fire ones. I remember uh, I had a job where we would go around the office and it was, it was so sucky. It wasn't even around the office. It was like, everybody get together, huddle around. We're going to do a quick oh, huddle. And it's like, so let's nervous. talk about what we all did this weekend or what we're doing this coming weekend. And I was a troll. I'm still a little bit of a troll. Uh, I would say, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, going to be in the, it's the artsy district of Baltimore. Being one of the artsy districts of Baltimore, I would name the place. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in the basement. We're, um, we're, we're doing street fighting this weekend and I'm up and, um, and I would just say very deadpan. It's almost like, is he, yeah. is he freaking serious? Cause I had like, a, I had like a weird bruise and two, and it was like, are you fighting on the weekends? I was like, no, 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 no. Like, okay, so, I, well, of course I have to ask. So you're like, you're chilling there. Everyone's like in their corner. Uh-huh. Like, tell me their facial reactions. Like, were they just like, what in the fuck? Like, what? Three people got it. They got the okay. bit. Because right. I, you could tell some people weren't listening. Some people got yeah. the bit. And then some people were looking at the expression. So it was like kind of broken in quarters. Everyone. It's like, like the, the, the people that got it immediately, was like, he is an asshole. He's trolling <laughs> us. And it was like, I said, I think I said I was fighting in a, in the basement of like some, some weird, like uh, maybe like a China walk sort of restaurant. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm fighting there. You know, we're just fighting over Greece. It's fine. Shirtless. It's, it's fine. It's fine. No one wants it. Yeah. Typical. It's typical. Yeah, and then imagine like, that how big I am. It's just imposing. It's like, oh, it's, he's a pugilist. Huh, oh, my gosh. What I would pay to be a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> it's pretty badass. <laughs> so with that, I have some, some rapid fire questions for you. Oh, gosh. Okay. Whew. All right. And, and here's the thing. Uh, don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. Overthink mm-hmm. them. Uh, brevity is the key here. Mm-hmm. Name an underrated New Orleans food. An underrated New Orleans food. Oh, gosh. I would have to say crawfish. Fair. Crawfish. Yeah. I think I've it's only- underrated. I think it's not underrated in New Orleans, but the rest of the country, you know, they might have crawfish and they don't, it, those that have been to New Orleans, they've never had New Orleans crawfish. So the rest of the country does not realize how special New Orleans crawfish is. And some people who have always lived in New Orleans do not realize how special these crawfish are. I believe that crawfish down there are crabs up here. <gasps> yeah. yeah, yeah. We have so, really yeah, good yeah. crabs. I, and that's how a lot of people feel. And it's like, okay, you know, there, there is something very special about the crawfish here. And it wasn't until I moved here and really discovered that like, oh my gosh, these are it's magic it's magic in a tiny creature it's it is this is gonna this is gonna sound ridiculous to you i've never had crawfish down there i've Uh only i've had one crawfish in my life no i'm wrong i lied i just lied there i had crawfish at touffe i did not have like you know suck the head or what have you rob this is a problem this is a problem i'm I'm gonna come down and and rectify this this is Uh you know i'm gonna talk to the big uh florida lee or what have you yes this is, this is, this is bad. I can't believe you hit me with this at the very end. You've never had, and the a 2 bay does not count. No, I you know, need it a crawfish, like peel it, like, you know, juices everywhere, slurping it. That's a real crawfish. I, I'll do it only for the New Orleans gods, because here's the thing. Okay. And, and this is going to make, you know, a lot of my Baltimore fans and listeners and friends kind of tight. 
I oh. don't pick my own crabs. I only eat crab cakes. I make crab cakes, but I don't break down crabs. I'm, I'm past that. I'm, I'm a refined gentleman. Uh, okay. Is it because the, the stuff on your hands, it seems like it's too much work for what you're getting. You can be honest. Like it, it is. The, okay. So, so kind of the same way, like a crawfish boil or what have you is the same as like, you know, cracking open like a dozen of crabs or what have you. It's mm-hmm. more of the social thing than actually you're there to eat. Mm. And I like, okay. I make really good crab cakes. So I'd rather just cut to the chase. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, you're a cut to the chase kind of guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Yeah. No, no, uh, no messing around. Just no get messing around. Point. I get it. No, no shellfish foreplay. That's just what that is. It's just like right no, to it. Who needs that? Who needs that? Just cancel it. That might be a shirt. Shellfish foreplay. <laughs> that might become a shirt. I'll workshop it. Uh, culturally speaking, and this actually might be the same answer, but culturally speaking, what is the mascot of New Orleans from your vantage point? Culturally speaking, what is the mascot of New Orleans? Okay. I would say, oh, New Orleans people are going to hate me so much. I would say a nutria. Those big rats look the rat looking things <laughs> that look like possums almost and i know that's not badass i know that's not what oh. you want to hear but oh no <laughs> they are horrible with the big teeth yes yes it's terrible <laughs> it's literally horrible and i would say that that is the mascot you know why because they're everywhere they're an issue that is the automatic thing i think of uh i wish i could say alligator or something a little cooler but no, no, it is those big, big ass rat things. I'm sorry. That's just period. That's what it is. I Al- mean, an alligator is my, my favorite animal, by the way. I didn't have a chance to refine that answer, but that's what you're going to get. Nutria, uh, you know, some Nutria sausage coming up soon. Right? Oh, and did you know in, in Louisiana, if you cut off the tail, you get money Ooh. for it. So, because there's such a problem, if you cut off the nutrient tail and sell it, you can get like $15 for every tail huh. that I know. I have a goal. Got a new right? business, little startup action. Dude, are you kidding? You could like live off that. If you like live like in the swamp and just uh-huh. did that, I mean, hey, that's all I'm trying to say. Podcasts may not be uh-huh. in your future, maybe nutria hunting. <laughs> Crawfish tank. I feel like oh, that's was going to be instead of shark tank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it'd be that. great. Uh, so these, the last two are kind of, you know, aren't related, but, you know, they're, mm-hmm. one, of, one of them's funny, though. I'll mm-hmm. save the funny one for last. Uh, okay. What is your favorite color to paint with? Um, and what does that color represent? Because I'm very interested in you know, what people think around color. Wow, uh, that is a great one. Um, I would say my favorite color to paint with. Ooh, you see, my first instinct was to say white, but that alone, you know, you you need other colors to make white what it is really. Um, so I would say if I have to pick. Just a single color. I would say probably a vibrant red. I would say a vibrant red. And I would say that because red to me represents vulnerability, passion, um, gosh, almost like, I don't know, this rage and this lust and all of these things that I think, I mean, this kind of goes to your, your previous question with human expression and like what your art represents, I think with the color red, I mean, it's, and I use a lot of it in my pieces. It's, it's truly just this harsh um, and it can be harsh. It can be subtle, but typically it's pretty bold in your face, harsh. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and it represents everything we like shy away from as like people, right? Like yeah. we don't want to look at ourselves in the mirror and say uh, we feel jealousy or we feel, you know, lustful Rage. or all yeah. these things that like red represents. And so I think using it in my pieces, it it's kind of like, okay, well, it's in your face. It's there. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and it could be portrayed as something beautiful. You know, it, even though it's a negative emotion or it's tied with a lot of negative emotion, red is something that's, that's stunning to use. So I would say, yeah, I would say vibrant red um, and, uh, and even to all the way to dark red. So red all the way around. Thank you. This is the last one I got for you mm-hmm. in, in working as much as you do with your hands. How much lotion or hair, hand cream do you buy? Oh my god. This is so humiliating. I don't buy <gasps> any. I know. Oof. Oh my gosh, Oof. I knew I would get this reaction. <laughs> I don't Rob, I don't buy any. I listen, I don't I, I not a single drop of lotion and <sighs> it's disgusting. Like if when when you come down to New Orleans and we hang out, you will see my nails are just caked. With, I know it's so disgusting. They're caked with stuff. They're dry. I mean, I neglect my hands so much and I shouldn't. So thank you for bringing this to light at the end. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I do need lotion. I do. <laughs> I mean, one of the goals that I had in, you know, 2022 was to do my damnedest, not to be an ashy podcaster. I know a few and uh, I don't want to travel in their circles. So, oh go. my God. So, with that, um, I want to one, thank you for being on this podcast. And, and two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check out your work and to follow you on social media. The floor is yours. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for having me. And I, I definitely, I've enjoyed this so much because, you know, like I was telling you earlier, Baltimore is a place I definitely want to go, uh, in the future. And that's, it's a place that I think has a lot of history, a lot of culture, much like new Orleans. So I think there's a lot of similarities there. Um, and like I said, biggest Matisse collection, uh, in the world. Hello. Like, are you serious? You know, how do not more people don't know about this? So I definitely think I will be checking it out. And I'm so grateful we were able to chat and like connect. And uh, and yeah, I mean, just thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And what's that social media? Do you remember? Uh, you want to pitch that? Totally. So my social media, it's going to be uh, Allison underscore Lowry underscore art. And this is where it gets really crazy for people because you can spell Alice in a lot of ways, but it is A-L-I-S-O-N, one L, you know what's up. And then <laughs> and then Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y underscore art. And, uh, and all my stuff's usually on there. So check me out. And there you have it, folks. For Allison Lowry, I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around your community. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.